Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Melissa Kwan, who is the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar, which is an automated webinar solution that combines pre-recorded video with real-time interactions and live chat to deliver an engaging experience for attendees. Melissa and her team believe that by automating the repetitive and tedious task of giving the same sales demo, onboarding, and training over and over, they free people up to focus their time on something else that they value a lot more. So Melissa, thank you very much for being here. How are you being? How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, so yeah, it's always cool to have somebody uh, who is like straight out of like a tech background. Uh, it's not the usual people that I have on the podcast, but uh, I'm always excited when you do. We've had a few people on there like yourself. Um, so I'd love to know like how you got to doing what you're doing and how did you come up with uh, the business that you're in right now? Yeah, so I've been in startups for 12 years. eWebinar is my third startup. And as you mentioned in your intro, we save people from doing the same webinar over and over again. So things like onboarding, training, um, sales demos. So anyone that's run a tech business in the past, or maybe you're not even not a tech business, um, knows that webinars is usually a big part of their um, growth strategy, because it's really the only way to get in front of all your customers at the same time without hopping on a plane. So this particular problem was something that I personally lived for five years in my previous startup. And on top of that, I was also digital nomading. So not only was I doing all of these repetitive, you know, onboarding and training for my customers, I was also doing them on opposite time zones. So I did that for five years. And this was the product that I dreamt of having um, because, you know, it was like doing all these repetitive webinars was actually infringing on the way I wanted to live my life. So imagine landing in a new city. And the first thing I would do is like check the internet speed to see if I could run a fast enough live meeting. And then I would do them at like three to 5 a.m. So um, it was just a problem that I thought about over and over. And after that company was acquired, um, I wanted to solve that particular problem once and for all. Very cool. I mean, that's like taking, scratching your own itch to like the nth degree <laughs> and really going all in for that. So that, that's actually super yeah. cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, then I'd love to kind of just dive right into like, you have this vast experience. This is obviously not your first rodeo. Like you have a product that scratches an itch that you know is real because you've actually done it. So I'm curious then to kind of dive into, okay, so what are the challenges that you're experiencing right now inside of your business? Yeah. I mean, I think building a business is always challenging, right? Like as CEO, I think the most challenging thing is making sure there's money in the bank. And in my previous business, 
I, I mean, I was a fairly new entrepreneur. Like I had to learn everything from scratch. I'm not from a family of entrepreneurs. So, um, I, I got myself into really difficult places because I was not, not only was I not good with money, I was also not good with how to get a product out the door. And a lot of time was spent on finding product market fit, hiring the wrong people, you know, things like that. So in my previous startup, it got me into a lot of debt that I potentially would not have gotten out of. Like I didn't really pay that off until we sold the company. Um, but it also got me into really tough places in my life, right? So for example, things like I didn't even have a credit card for a few years. I couldn't even get a credit card until my previous company was sold because my credit was so bad. Um, I used to go to, you know, startup events for food, right? <laughs> like I had just, um, I was just in like really, really dark places. And that put me into a mindset of lack versus abundance, which I think is what you need to grow a company um, in a healthy, sustainable manner. So I think one of the things I struggle with, number one is having money in the bank. But even though knowing we're not in a desperate situation, I still live in this mentality of lack, right? Like what if we don't have enough or what if things change? And that stops me from doing things that could benefit me, right? Like mentally, um, things like I haven't paid myself for four years, right? Since we started this company, because I don't feel like if I paid myself that we would have enough to give someone else. So I still live off, you know, the, um, the sale from my previous company. So I struggle with like, okay, well, is it really that I can't pay myself or is it because I live in this mindset of lack that I've adopted? And at the same time, I, I also was trying to struggle with kind of struggle with like, but do I really need to pay myself? Because if I don't, then I can pay more of other people, which could be a rational mindset. So that's, I think the number one thing that I struggle with. Um, and the second thing is the business that I'm building now is very different than anything I've ever done. So previously my business was enterprise SaaS, right? So we sold big ticket items to very large companies, but right now we sell um, small ticket items to many people, right? So back then, like the, the minimum contract value was like 10,000 a year, but right now we start at like 50 to hundred dollars, which means you need a lot more people to build a sustainable business. But it also means that we need to, we need to deploy, you know, marketing strategies and things like that, that I, that I don't know. Right. So I've been in sales all my life, but I, I don't know marketing. So one of the bigger challenges that I have now is needing to learn new things every day that I'm not used to just to grow this business and coming into this business. I thought, well, I've built two before I know exactly what I'm doing. So realizing that I actually don't have the tools to do what I need to do was kind of a hard realization. And then now needing to constantly upgrade myself and do things that make me uncomfortable just to not just like keep this company afloat, but really to grow it so that we can be profitable um, is the other challenge that, that I have. Got it. Well, so first and foremost, I just want to acknowledge you for like, you're obviously very self-aware because such a nice, like concise to the point, but very deep answer, like doesn't come from somebody who hasn't thought of this for like a long time, you know? So number one, I just want to acknowledge you for that. Uh, number two, also acknowledge you for the fact that like, 
that sentiment of like, I'm going all in, whether it's from a lack mentality, abundant, like whatever the, the like machinery behind it is. Uh, I think it's something a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to in secret, but don't really talk about. Right. And it's something that certainly I felt in my previous business and kind of same thing that led to, you know, why I shifted and why it closed down. So that whole bit of like going all in, uh, going for broke, whatever the mechanics behind that is, I think something a lot of people can uh, relate to. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and then for the purposes of where you're at now, um, are you okay to dive deeper into like those stories and kind of break that down a bit further? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect. So you identify this lack of, or mentality of lack versus abundance and kind of the wonder and worry questions that go along with that. Like, I, I wonder if this is all going to go away. I worry that I won't have enough. Should I be paying myself? Should I not be paying myself enough? Um, tell me more about that. Like, is that something that happens on a regular basis? Is it kind of the PTSD from what had happened prior? Like, if you could just elaborate a little bit more on that. I mean, first of all, thank you for acknowledging um, I did have many, many years of, of thinking about all this. Um, so it's kind of a, an interesting trip down memory lane. Um, but I, it's funny that you use the word PTSD because that's the word I use to explain some of the behaviors that I have, right? So for example, I still go to a restaurant, open the menu, and I look at the prices before the item. Like I can't help it. It's just what I do. Um, but I don't have to do that right now. But it's just some, it's just like a habit that has happened um, over time. Like I order things not based on whether I want them or not. It's like the ROI that I get for the money I spend, um, which is like not something like a lot of people understand, um, but it's so like engraved in, in this behavior. Like back then, you know, I, I moved to New York from Vancouver when I had, like when I was at the lowest point in my career, right? In my previous company, it took me so long to find a product that somebody would pay for. And during that period was when I spent a lot of money on trying different products, hiring people, uh, paying developers to build products that nobody would pay for. Like that period lasted a good three years. And then I had a company before that, which you know, wasn't a great business. It was fine, but it transitioned into the second one. So I, for many, many years, like for eight years in a row, I didn't experience real success, right? So I would pay everybody and see how much was left over in the account. And then I would pay myself just enough to pay my rent. And then maybe some like additional expenses for probably two years. I didn't have more than a hundred dollars in my account at a time. I mean, I don't like, I come from a pretty like middle-class family, so that was a very different way of living for me. I never not had money in my life, like, and to that extent, right? And my parents weren't talking to me anymore because they thought I wasn't taking my life seriously. Like they couldn't understand why if I was successful that I didn't have any money to show for it, right? Because I was always asking them to bail me out or, you know, you know, they would come visit from out of town and they would pay for everything, you know, and I'm like in my late twenties, early thirties at that point. Right. And it's not a great place to be also when your friends are, you know, graduating, becoming, you know, residents and doctors and lawyers and buying their first property, second property, buying nice cars, and you have nothing, like you have nothing to show for it. 
And so that was a really long period of time. Um, and then I had mentioned, like I was going to start up events for food and that probably happened for like a year and a half. Right. And I would tie my meals so that I would eat at like four 30. So I wouldn't get hungry for the rest of the night. Right. So that became this idea or mentality of lack. And actually I found that because I was constantly living there, even when that company was starting to do well, I was unable to feel and celebrate in the success because I would wake up feeling annoyed. Like I would hate everything that I was doing. I was associating this venture with lack. And I remember once, you know, a friend told me, you know, you can't feel the success because you're constantly suffering. So one day you're going to start a new company with abundance and love, and that's going to be a very different experience for you. And I always remember that. And that I believe is what eWebinar is today, but there's still like part of that. What if it all goes down or what if it all crashes and burns that stops me from doing what I know I, I believe will make my mentality like, or my, my mental state a little bit healthier, right? Not paying yourself for four years is not a great place to be. I mean, inflation is through the roof, right? I still live. I still travel, right? I still go out. So, you know, I know that if I paid myself even a little bit, maybe I'll give me, you know, like a boost in my happiness, but I still haven't done it yet. And I think it's probably from, from that era, but like, yeah, but those are just some of the things that, that have happened. Got it. So do you think it's possible to build that company of abundance and joy from the space that you're in? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I did for me moving into this company was before I started anything, like I sold our previous company in 2019. And what I learned was a lot of people start something because they think they have to, because of their experience, right? Or because of their knowledge or their education, they, th they believe that they have to start something in a certain industry because, you know, that's where the experience was. And that's what I did, right? I had two companies in, in real estate and real estate tech because that's where my experience was. And the thing that I learned is building a company is so hard that if you don't start from a place of happiness and love and joy, it's always going to be difficult to enjoy that journey or appreciate that journey. So what, what I did coming in was I asked myself, what are the things that make me happy? And then I picked a business idea that sat on top of that foundation. So I think the biggest thing I did for myself was to start a company out of what makes me happiest, right? And some of those things are things like needing to have a fully remote team, uh, never doing any more conferences, having a product that can be sold 100% over the internet. So I'm not tied to doing these one-on-one -on -one demos, right? So I had a list of like 10 non-negotiables that I would, you know, that my idea would have to fulfill. So I think just from that starting point, like this has to be that company, right? But it like, but that doesn't matter, right? Because it's still super hard financially to keep a company afloat, especially if you're not selling like an, a service or a product in exchange for like an exchange for like profit, 
right? So when you're, when you have a tech company, you're selling like 50 to hundred dollars, right? So how many of those 50 to hundred dollars do you need in order to support a team of 10 people? Sure. So I'm just going to interrupt you not because I don't think that's relevant, but just something that I wanted to point out as potentially an area for clarification in that. So I asked you, okay, like you went down the road of describing, you know, the current state of that lack mentality and the PTSD from everything that had happened before, which is obviously very real, right? And how that ripples into your day-to-day right now and this distortion or lack of full clarity on like, is this really needed or not? Or is it just like, I don't really know how to change this, right? So that's that was kind of the setup for the question that you prompted of like, but what I'm really inspired by is this conversation with a friend that went into the next company that I want to build is one of abundance and joy. And when I asked you, okay, well, the state that you're in right now, is that really one that's going to lead to a company started from abundance and joy? And what I found curious was that like your brain went into highlighting all of the very good reasons of why the current business is aligned with the things that you want. And I believe those, and they absolutely make sense. However, none of them really have anything to do with you as the leader of that ship building from abundance and joy. They're like the ship. They're they're not in tune with the captain. So I'm just curious what... Like, where does your mind go when I reflect that back? Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. Um, I never thought about it that way. So thanks for pointing that out. I think where my mind went as you're saying that, it was an interesting epiphany, aha moment. So um, I think part of me emotionally detaches from what I need to do because I I guess like maybe I'm justifying this, but here's what I'm thinking. Right. So there's a thing that I need to build. It's like right here. And then there's who I am, which is like completely separate. And I can't get too emotional about what I'm building. If that makes sense, because it, it is so hard. So that thing can't be me if that makes sense, right? Like I need to do this thing separate than how I feel about it because what I feel is difficult. Yeah. And the only reason I'm I'm starting to like interrupt is just because we started a bit late and I want to make sure I can help you as much as possible, but just because we're compressed a little bit for time. So I'm going to apologize ahead of time for that. Um, But just know it's not personal. So what I would reflect back into that uh, observation or comment on your end is essentially you're absolutely right. Like you are building a business that very much aligns with certain criteria and characteristics that you want to be involved in as the business creator. And you've structured it in a way and have made decisions and actions to completely align with everything that you just said. This needs to be completely separate. There should be no emotions. I am who I am. And also the business is what it is. 
I think you're actually doing that very successfully. The reason why I bring it up is if the vision and the inspiration of what you want your next venture to be is, I, I want to build a business from abundance and joy. How do you separate abundance and joy, which are fundamentally emotions and states of being from the business that you wish to create? Like, how do you imbue that into the business if everything is set up to be separate? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess the, I guess it all boils down to how I define abundance and joy, right? Absolutely. So how would you define it? So I think the way that when I, when I talked about lack in my previous life, I was, I'm referring to the lack of money, right? The lack of happiness or just the lack of like stability, right? Like not knowing how much would be in that account at the end of the month so that I could cover my rent. Like that's just an insane place to be for extended period of time. Right. So I identify lack with, with that, like, and then inability to have a certain lifestyle or, you know, just normalcy, right. Like going out to eat, right. Like those are things that, you know, at this age, you should find very normal. Um, and when I think about abundance, it's also money, right? Because I want to, I'm doing this to set myself and my partner up for financial freedom. I'm not doing this for anything else, right? Like, like if I wanted to have fun and happiness, I wouldn't go start a startup, <laughs> like yeah, put myself through that. I mean, that would be crazy. Yeah. So I'm doing this for money. And, um, I want to own that because I think it's important to like, I think there's a lot of like negative connotations about money that makes a lot of founders be inauthentic about like embracing so, that. So again, I'm just going to pause you right there because you have very like good, eloquent answers and your brain is very good at like making 10 different connections between them. So it kind of likes to go on tangents, which is actually very typical of like high intellectual people like yourself. So that, that's the only reason, again, I'm going to pause you right there because I just want to reflect back on, on what you said. Like you just articulated a beautiful vision of what your definition of abundance is, right? But it was all I reasons. I want to experience freedom. I want to be able to, you know, go out and, and do quote unquote normal things, right? The vehicle for that is the money and the vehicle for that is the business. So now it's like this tapestry of, well, part of me wants to separate these two so that they don't mix and I don't go through the pain again. But then my vision very much includes both to have the money to support that and then subsequently the structure to create that but i so, don't have that yet right so your question was correct. how do i build this company with abundance and joy well it wasn't but i don't how have you it. Build it it was can you build it from the state that you're in right now i don't actually doubt your skills to build anything like you've proven that time and time again but it's yeah, i mean that's i mean that's the challenge right because i don't have it right now 
correct. And that's exactly where I was leading you to. Because there's a part of your brain that for very good reason, wants to separate out the pain of what happened in the last 12 years of building business and the mechanics and the structure of building the current business. Absolutely 110% normal. While that's operating in the background, there's also the part of you that has a very strong desire to finally step into abundance and joy in the pursuit of this, which is also an extremely beautiful thing. Combining the two, what I observe from the outside looking in is that question of can you get there from here? Because here is like you're living in the ripples of the PTSD, wanting to create and utilize all of your brain power, something that is inherently about feeling, about joy, about peace, like inner peace around money, around what that means about me, around healing my nervous system so that I'm okay with all these things, and really the clarity to own the actions and the vision that's ultimately going to get you there. So what comes up for you when I share that? I like the word peace. <laughs> that's that's um, the one thing that stood out. I think you have a very, I mean, that's probably why you're a coach. You have a very eloquent way of, of kind of like tying a bow on what I just said. So I love that. Um, yeah, I like the word peace because ultimately that's what it's about, right? I think when when people hear, you know, money or you want to get paid or things like that, like it's easy to associate that with either greed or like wanting a lot. But what, what I want is just peace, right? What I want is just breathing room. Like I, I want to get to a point where I don't have to worry so much about when is profitability? How much are we paying this person? Can we afford another two hours of this person, right? So a lot of that um, absence of abundance, not, not lack of abundance, is really the absence of abundance right now is because I don't have that peace, right? So if your question is, can you build the company that you want to build with the state that you're in now? Like, it's not a yes, no answer, right? Because I don't really have a choice. I'm going to do this either way. And maybe a coping mechanism of, of that, because I don't have that piece right now, is to separate how I feel with what I'm doing. So, and that's what, that's what it feels like. Perfect. So again, great observation. Uh, you're 100% right. It is a coping mechanism. Right? It is your brain's way of keeping you safe from getting lost and losing control to all of those painful emotions of the past. Like it has a very good concrete reason in order to trigger and reinforce that coping mechanism. So you're 110% right there. Um, the follow-up question that I would have for you then is, like, is peace an external or internal game? I feel like that's a trick question. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's definitely internal. But? But it requires external help. 
<laughs> in what way? I mean, if peace right now to me means that I can afford all the things that allow my business to thrive, including my own salary, then right. that so requires right there, because by definition, what you're saying is peace is an external game. If I could afford, if my circumstances were different, then I would have peace. Well, but the feeling of peace is internal. Based off of and in control of the external aspect. That's correct. Okay. So then to you right now, is peace an external or an internal game? Sorry, your last word is game or gain? Game. Like, is it a game of externals or is it a game of internals to get that feeling of peace? Oh, I mean, if we put it in that context, it's, it's more external. Okay, perfect. And your whole life experience right now proves that. You mean the, the way, like what we're talking about? Correct. Like everything that you've shared today kind of proves that, right? Because yeah. there, there's a definite through line of if circumstances were different, then I would have peace. If yeah, I had abundance, yeah. then I would have peace. <laughs> I'm definitely living in the future. Correct. So if I'm living in the future and I have no peace, but I have some objective evidence that I might actually be okay with where I'm at right now, is it really true? that the peace that you seek is going to come from an external source? I mean, I know what you're saying. Um, but there, there are things that are abstract, right? Like knowing I can do X, like that's abstract, right? Because I haven't done it yet. Um, and then there are things that are very real, like how much money is going to come in this month. So from that context, if I'm equating peace to how much money is going to come in this month so that we can break even so that I can feel relieved, then yeah, like it's, it's external. Even though I know that I have the ability to do that and I know I'm getting closer every day, like it doesn't take away the fact that it is external. And I can only control it up to a certain extent because a business takes time to grow. Mm -hmm. So do you know of any rich people personally or in a story that have way more money than you, but are not at peace? Oh gosh, I would, I would imagine a lot of them. No? <laughs> right. I mean, I guess everybody's at peace for, uh, not at peace for different reasons. I mean, everybody, I think defines right. those things differently. So going back to peace for you, right? Cause like right now, peace for you is very much determined by the change in outside circumstances and your ability to change those circumstances. Like, do I have the skill set to do this thing? Right has a component of you in it, 110%. They both reflect each other, right? Like if your circumstances change, sure, you would have some relief. But that right now is an absolute truth for you in your worldview. However, there's a lot of people that are in 10 times better financial situations that you who also don't have peace, who also 
worry that if they don't get the next deal, their whole life is going to crash. So going back to this whole thing again, is the piece you're looking for really going to come from the externals changing or something internally changing? Well, first of all, I don't envy all those people that you're just talking about. <laughs> That's Second, fine. if you are, yeah, I mean, I think a big piece of it is how do you, like, what's your perspective, right? I totally agree. And that's sort of what I'm prompting you or inviting you to consider is, is the perspectives that you're keeping really the most useful and subsequently most peaceful ones? Probably not, because I am not at peace by having those, <laughs> right. by having those perspectives. And th that's exactly what I was prompting you to consider. Right. And listen, but at any point you can just tell me like, you're full of shit. Like this is all BS, <laughs> right? That's totally fine. I have no issues with that. What I'm just reflecting back to you is the very normal and common inconsistencies and really blind spots, right? Cause it's one of these processes where like, it's very hard to see the building when you're standing on the balcony. Right. So from the outside looking in, things look a lot different and look a lot more obvious. Right. But the through line through everything that you have mentioned is you went through circumstances that were what they were. You got out of them in the end, and the ripples of that have stuck even in the better position circumstances you're in right now. And that right now is in very much in conflict with the desire that you have to utilize this vast experience in knowledge and intelligence to create something out of a different inner state, right? Like it doesn't sound to me like right now, you know, with certainty, like you would be certain about business processes and business knowledge. You don't have that same level of certainty with regards to what is my inner peace look like? How do I think and feel to step into my own abundance right now and what does actual joy for me by me without any external prompting of it like actually look like so again how does that land for you um i think those are all really great points um it's a really good summary and I think it's, it makes me feel like I have to take some time to think about how I define these things, right? Like, how do I define, um, you know, what, how do I define what joy is, for example, or, um, so I would just invite sure you to take that one step further. And I think that's maybe where your brain right now is kind of trying to think of the right words, you can define joy all you want. And you're probably going to get to really good, eloquent definitions of it. You're probably going to have good examples of it. You're going to be able to illustrate it really well. And that's fine. But that's going to become the difference between like reading about falling in love and actually embodying and going through the emotions of falling in love. 
you're going to have a less resolution experience of what you're describing because everything is from the neck up. Like you're missing 90% of that experience from the neck down, right? To embody joy, to feel safe and joy outside of accomplishment and external validation. That's what I think you are asking. But because you're so good at using your head to solve problems, that's where your brain defaults to as the first thing, which is fine. And I always say on this podcast, like our primary strengths become our first distortions, right? So you're trying to define love mentally, which that component exists. It's valid. But what you're missing is the embodied experience of that while being the leader inside of your business day to day. So, so how do you what, make the connection? So it's short answer to that is the path in front of you is about developing a whole new skill set, which is a skill set of embodiment, which is a skill set of feeling and translating that into peace, clarity, and action that aligns with that inside of your business. So what lands for you there? Um. It's a very, very deep concept. Um, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how those two things align. Right. And that's actually a, a beautiful response because I think it's an honest one, right? Instead of letting your brain kind of run and like, okay, I understand this. I can see how it fits together. You're actually allowing yourself to be in the space of, huh? There is something here, but I don't know what that something is. And that's a beautiful first step to really begin to open that up. So I, I know it doesn't really feel co like a complete answer, but I actually acknowledge you for like, that's exactly where you need to go in that mystery, in that discomfort. So what would your suggestion be? So that's a much deeper discussion to dive into well, a lot of different things, like to dive into your history and see, okay, how did we get to here to begin with? It's then a discussion of actually practicing embodiment. So learning and developing the ability to actually tune into your body's wisdom, because right now so much of your wisdom is up here. It's had a lot of practice and it's got you very far. It's not a matter of like negating that. It is a matter of integrating that into, you can think of it as like your complete unconscious mind. So not just clearing all of these narratives around lack and, you know, should I be acting like this? Is the money always going to go away? That's the thought hygiene part of it. But once you clear that, you have this clean slate of your nervous system always reacting to, I open a menu and I look at the price. If you didn't do that, you would feel discomfort. That's your body's way of saying this one action is safe. This other action is not, right? So it's building that whole skill set into what you're doing. And those are just a few examples of things that you brought up today. But mm -hmm. your question is like, I can't deliver it in the way that your brain likes, which is like, here's this checklist of things I got to do. Uh, I wish it was that simple, but it's it's a process of really healing the old stories, 
healing your nervous system and emotions around the PTSD and the lack, and then using that as a springboard to really step into and normalize the abundance, the joy, the peace, and the freedom within where I'm at right now. So does that help in any way or just makes it more confusing? I mean, it makes it a little bit more confusing, (laughs) Um, but it is like kind of the first time I'm hearing something like this, right? But like, what's an example of something, you know, an entrepreneur does to connect how they feel with what they do? What's an example of something an entrepreneur does with how they feel and what they do? To connect how they feel with what they do. Okay. Well, what you just described with the menu is a perfect example of that. I do this action. I have this feeling and I do this behavior, right? Like I open a menu and I know I default to looking at the price. Then I cycle through. I probably shouldn't do this. This is lack consciousness. Now I feel guilty because I shouldn't be doing this, but oh, well, like, you know, I'm just going to go through the motions (laughs) again and then repeat. Right. So that is a perfect example of a subconscious pattern. And the way that I define subconscious means you're aware of the consequences in the general surface level pattern. You're not aware of the narrative that's causing it. Mm -hmm. Right. Now multiply that out to how you interact with your team, how you act every time you get money, you know, receive money, don't have money, have to ask for a loan, have to make a big purchase, have to make a small purchase, like all of the things that are going to come from running the business that you do. So does that clarify it a little bit or no? Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. Thank you for pointing that out. You're very welcome. And I wish I could dive into this more with you, but I do have uh, a hard stop. So um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to cut it uh, here. But if you could just take a moment and just for everybody, like summarizing your own words, like what did you come into this experience, um, like identifying as your business problems? And then what were your realizations and aha moments as a result of the conversation? Yeah. I mean, I came into this conversation, um, without much expectation really to, um, you know, kind of just dive into how, you know, my, I guess my biggest problem being, you know, needing to learn new things to do, you know, to, to build this business, which is, which makes me feel really uncomfortable. Um, and then also doing that, with, you know, a mindset of lack that, you know, that comes from my previous business, uh, which I know doesn't serve me. Um, but I think, I think this, um, I think my biggest aha moment was how much I remove myself emotionally from what I do every day. Like, I think it's, it's just so normal for me and, and like, whether it's a coping mechanism or not, like, it's just something that I do. And, um, that's, and I always thought that that was how you're supposed to do things. Cause you know, I've been in sales all these years and I always say like, you have to remove yourself from the no and, you know, in order to continue selling because you get rejected all the time and you can't, you can't take it personally. So maybe I've taken that 
really far <laughs> to the other end. But I think that was a big aha moment to understand that like, I separate myself from my business so much so that I can do what I need to do logically. And I never think about how I need to be more connected to it, um, you know, emotionally. So yeah, it was a good realization. Well, thank you very much. That was a beautiful summary. So if you can then just close us off, uh, let everybody know where to find you, who's the best person to find you, floor is yours for that. Yeah. So if you want to connect with me, the best way is through LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Melissa Kwan, last name spelled K-W-A-N. And if you want to learn more about eWebinar and how it can help your business, uh, it's eWebinar.com. Awesome. Well, as always, we'll include those in the show notes. Uh, Melissa, thank you very much for being on. And uh, for everybody else listening, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much.